Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Jason Snow once again, and this is the Jason Snow Show for a post-NFL draft Friday, April 30th, 2021. How are you doing today? Happy Friday to you all. Man, we got a packed show today. I consider myself lucky to be here to talk about it. Good to have you in today. A um, lot to talk about with the NFL draft last night, and you know, we've got a packed show today, but before we... Uh, get through the gates here. I just wanted to say thank you for everyone uh, who tuned in to the uh, NFL Draft live stream on Instagram and Facebook last night. It was absolutely remarkable. The response to it was great. We got a lot of uh, questions and comments and engagement and a lot of viewers. Man, a lot of viewers. So thankful for that. I enjoyed every second of it. Uh, We were on live for I believe it was a little over three hours, so it, it was a long time, but luckily I had my two buddies there, Paul Kittredge, a good friend of mine there, and Ben May Maritas to uh, to enjoy the draft with me, and boy, it was a lot of fun, and there were a lot of heights, and there were some head scratchers, but more than anything, I think it was it was absolutely fascinating, but a lot to get to today. Um, just to lead in here, let, let's, let's get this party started. All the media entities, all the sports media companies, ESPN, Fox, uh, CBS, NBC, I think The Athletic even does it, they all, in retrospect, after the first night, grades the draft. And they do it after the full seven rounds, which I don't know how you grade sixth rounders because they're kind of coin flips at that point, but they all grade the draft. Personally, I don't like school. I don't. I, I don't, I don't want to bring grades anywhere near this podcast. My this podcast is a safe space for me. Uh, it's a peaceful. It's a peaceful spot. I, I don't like school. I don't want to bring it anywhere near here. So we're gonna keep the grades at bay. I don't like grades. Um, so it, it is hard to gauge because fit matters, value matters, um, the, the player's individual skill and skill set obviously matters potentially more than anything. Um, but I'm not gonna grade the draft. I'm not gonna pretend like. I watched a lot of Rutgers football. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen a lot of these players play a ton. I've seen Trevor Lawrence play a ton. I've seen Justin Fields play a ton. Uh, but that linebacker from Cornell, I, I haven't seen a ton. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend to know that you know he's going to pan out 100%. I can, however, go you know throughout the teams and say I like what they did. You know they maximized their pick. I I feel like he shouldn't have been there when they picked him. But I'm going to give you kind of some. My, my overview, all right? Some teams that I think did well, some teams that uh, going into next year wish they went in a different direction. And obviously, I'm going to talk about Mac Jones going to the Patriots. He fell to 15. That was a big shock. Uh, but I'm going to get into it all. And to wrap things up, I'm going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers potentially wanting out of Green Bay. So stick around for that. But just straight off the bat, what teams was I impressed by last night? Because winners and losers, we can sift through that all day long. If Trevor Lawrence works with, I think he will, Jacksonville's a winner. If Trey Lance, if San Francisco can somehow maximize his ceiling with this current roster, if they can, you know, balance those two time frames somehow and maybe, you know, win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, they're the winners of this draft. If New York can find a playoff spot, <laughs> they're the winners of this draft. So I think it all boils down to the quarterbacks when we when we look at drafts in hindsight. But who filled their needs most? I can look at the Jets. I'm impressed with the Jets. I haven't really said that throughout the last five years. I'm impressed with with what the Jets did last night. First of all, you get Zach Wilson, number two. I haven't watched a lot of BYU football, 
but and I'm not a big pro day guy. But that being said, I can watch some of those those throws that he's physically capable of, throwing off his back leg, fading away across the corner of the end zone, across the field. I think that's going to that's going to translate to the NFL. And New York's got their guy, uh, Joe Douglas, smart guy. Robert Sala, new head coach, he's also smart on the defensive side. So I think they're really pulling things together. And I think it all balances on, can Zach Wilson really play? Uh, they probably need another receiver. They probably need an upgrade at tight end, maybe. Um, they have some work to do still, but now they have promise, right? Because Sam Darnold, you'd probably have to pay him next year. What's the ceiling on the Jets with Sam Darnold? Not very high. What's the ceiling on Zach Wilson for the next five years? I think it's fairly high. Now, they don't really, obviously, they still have work to do, but I, I think my favorite move for the Jets, though, was getting Elijah Vera Tucker at 14. When the Jets were picking up steam in that trade, uh, trading down, what was it? The Vikings were at 14. They traded out to the Jets, and the Jets got 14. And the second, I, I wish I had the stream pulled back up. I told, I think I was on with Ben, and I was like, Elijah Vera Tucker. Because now they have Makai Becton on, on the offensive line. Now they have Elijah Vera Tucker on the offensive line. And Vera Tucker, he's a guard primarily, but you can move him in and out. You can play him a couple different positions, I've heard. So uh, I think that's that's a really good fit um, for the Jets. And I think, you know, for a team that hasn't had much promise throughout the last, I'm going to say five years, but it's been much longer than that. They haven't had much to cheer about, <laughs> okay? Even when, they, even when they won last year, they were kind of booing because they wanted Trevor Lawrence. Now they have some promise. Now they have some steam going. Now there's a reason to to watch the Jets, to be honest with you. Uh, so that's a team I was really impressed by. Another team that I was really impressed by, and, you know, teams, you know, they can send smoke screens all day long through the, to, through the media. They can tell you whatever they want. But until that draft card is in, that's when they tell you the truth. Denver, I... I was hoping they would take Justin Fields because they traded for Teddy Bridgewater the, the day before. Really didn't give up much to get Teddy Bridgewater. But now the truth is out on Denver. They need to make the playoffs. The The clock is ticking on them because Teddy Bridgewater is a grown-up. He can get you to the playoffs with the weapons that they have. Jerry, Judy, you have Noah Fan uh, on, on that defense now with Patrick Sertan. That's a, that's a playoff pick right there. Patrick Sertan is a playoff pick. They're, they want to get back in the playoffs. Uh, Von Miller's getting older, but he's back. Bradley Chubb is is coming back. They pick up Kyle Fuller from Chicago. That's a really good move. Justin Simmons back on the on the franchise tag. That's also the heart and soul of that defense, I think. Uh, so that's a team that they're going to run on you, but you're not going to be able to run much on them, especially in that division with Justin Fields and Patrick Mahomes and those weapons. You need corners in that division. And boy, did Denver at nine get arguably the best one in the draft. I think that was a really nice pick, but part of me, I feel like that would have been a nice Justin Fields team with that, with Jerry Judy, like I said, Noah Fant, that's a young receiving court that Justin Fields could have ascended with. Um, but the biggest surprise to me was Justin Fields going to the Chicago Bears. Uh, I didn't think the Bears would trade up as aggressively as they would, but guess what? Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, that's a move. They're fighting for their jobs. They're fighting for their jobs because Ryan Ryan Pace, since the Trubisky thing, he's been on the hot seat. And Matt Nagy, they went to the playoffs a couple times, wild card appearances. They're nothing special. The, the, the Bears were nothing special. Even, like, if I could watch the live stream again, I was not happy when Justin Fields was going to the Bears. I was like, the Bears, really? I mean, I was thinking, 
The Cowboys at 10 weren't going to take him because they have Dak. Uh, the Giants aren't going to take him because they're invested in Daniel Jones. The Chargers aren't going to take him at 13 um, with Justin Herbert. And then maybe the Vikings would bend on Kirk Cousins, but I was thinking the Patriots would take him at 15, Justin Fields. I was really hoping for that because uh, that is just interesting. Like, can you imagine? Like, the number two quarterback as of like four months ago drops to 15. And now he's with Belichick and maybe the Patriots go back to the playoffs. That would have been a fascinating story. Uh, and I'll touch on Mac Jones in a second. But in hindsight, I think Chicago is a good spot for Justin Fields. Uh, a, he's got, I think he's got the arm to handle a climate like Chicago. Second of all, you get Allen Robinson back. So you give him a number one wide receiver. Third of all, that defense is really stout with Khalil Mack and, and Rokon Smith. Uh, they have some couple, a couple other guys on that defense too, and they have some more work to do. And they're they're not done, but now you can give him a, ch- a chance to maybe even sit the first four weeks, which I'm not a great, um, not a total proponent of. But with Andy Dalton, that might be a strategy you consider. Um, Tariq Cohen's also a really good running back, so maybe Chicago's not as much as a tur- of a turbulent franchise as I once thought. I just thought Justin Fields, poor kid. He goes from being the number two guy four months ago to now there's commitment issues he's being accused of. Then he's got the epilepsy coming out, and now he's dropping, he's slipping, and now he's out of the top 10, and now he inherits a coach on the hot seat and a GM that's on his way. Oh, man, poor, I feel bad for Justin Fields. That was my initial reaction. And now looking back at it, in hindsight, Maybe it's just, it's not so bad. But in the moment, I was really disappointed because I thought the Patriots would go scoop him up at 15. Uh, a couple, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville's a big winner here. There's not much to say. You get two guys from Clemson, Travis Etienne at 25. He's going to be a stud uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer didn't come out of retirement for no reason, folks. Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Um, what other picks did I really like? I really liked what Miami did. Uh, Jalen Waddle at six. Uh, then they get Jalen Phillips at 18. This this league's about being explosive on offense and being explosive on defense. And A, you needed that offense to get a little bit of a tune-up. You needed, you know, I was thinking Jamar Chase would be a really good fit. I still, I'm still a proponent of like Miami, Jamar Chase. That would have been a match made in heaven. Uh, but you get Jalen Waddle, who I don't think is, is too much of a step down. I think he like is the second best receiver in this class. Uh, I would have still t- would have loved Jamar Chase, but Jalen Waddle's not a bad consolation prize. Don't get me wrong. Um, explosive receiver. I, that offense just needed a little bit of a juice uh, with Tua. And I think, you know, the jury's out on Tua now. You, you've got him the weapons. you got him Devontae Parker. you got him Jalen Waddle. you got uh, Gutsicki. Uh, they probably still need a, a, a running back, a true running back. And the offensive line isn't the greatest, but uh, now Tua's got no excuses. you got the weapons. And they get a guy as good as Jalen Phillips, Miami kid, ironically enough, explosive off the edge, um, can really, this league's about pass rushers. <laughs> this league is about pass rushers. Just watch the Super Bowl again. This thing's about pass rushers. They're making a playoff push right behind the Patriots, I think. They're not, they didn't have as good as a free agency as the Patriots did, but it could be interesting there if Tua pans out. My other observation was, okay, Mac Jones at 15. I live in New England. That's a touchy subject, depending on who you ask. I wasn't a Mac Jones guy. I wasn't a Mac Jones guy heading into the draft. I was thinking, you know, he's not the greatest athletically. Uh, Can he move? Can he make plays out of nothing? Okay. The dust has settled. He went 15. When he approached the stage and met Roger Goodell, 
He shook his hand and said, this is what I always wanted. Okay. The dust has settled. There's no going back. Mac Jones is a patriot. How do I react? I like it. I do. I do. I, re- I like it. So for all the, I, I, I'm not trying to convince you, but just strip the emotion out of it. Strip like you don't like immobile quarterbacks. Uh, just, just have a blank canvas. Okay. Patriots fan, right? You're a Patriots fan. I'm talking to you right now. What if I told you the Patriots at 15 middle of the first round in a draft where in a, in a league now in the modern NFL that we love quarterbacks and quarterbacks always go in the top five and that's just where they land in a league like that. The Patriots at 15 got quote, the smartest quarterback in the draft. I would think one of the most accurate 77% completion percentage. And not only that, you didn't have to give up any picks to get him. Chicago had to give up two first, a five and a four to move up like 10 spots. The Patriots stood pat, got their guy. I don't, I don't buy the Tom Brady comparisons. I don't, I don't buy the Drew Brees comparisons because to me, those guys are legends and, you know, drafting them in a mobile quarterback kind of goes against the grain. But if I told you, okay, New England's going to get this guy. He's considered the smartest guy in the draft. He's not the greatest athletically, but he's accurate. He is accurate. And you pair him up with the receivers you got in free agency. That sounds like a New England pick to me. And I, I would think New England is happy with that. And, you know, I'm just going to go off real quick. Belichick, can you come up with a new line, please? After the draft, we held a press conference. Cam's our quarterback. Can we just, like, phrase that a different way? I've heard that, like, 17 weeks in a row last year. I've, I've, I'm granted the reporters are kind of, you know, pushing and poking and prodding at that question. When's Cam going to be out? But can, can we phrase it a different way? I feel like I just saw a stand-up comedian and he's told the same joke every time I went to go see him. Every Saturday night, I go out to to a stage and I see a stand-up comic, Bill Burr, and he tells the same joke over and over and over again. He tells me the same airport joke over and over and over again. It, it, it's kind of it, it's gotten old for me. Can we can we you know can we phrase maybe instead of Cam's our quarterback, it is um we're, we're sticking with Cam one week. Like like can we phrase it a different way at least? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just, we're repeating it over and over again. <laughs> that's, can we just, can we just rephrase, please? The message can be the same if that's how you feel. Granted, the reporters might not want to ask the same question over and over again. But can we, can we rephrase at least? Can we sing a different song? <laughs> can we see a different, can we sing a different song? So yeah, those were kind of my initial reactions. Uh, Jets did well. Let's talk about the 49ers. I'm looking at the draft right now. Let's look at the Niners. I think San Francisco is the most interesting team in this draft because they're a win-now team. They're a win-now organization that's pretty much established picking in the top five. That doesn't happen very often. And with the news that came out uh, yesterday afternoon, a couple hours before the draft, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to return to the Packers and listed the 49ers as one of his teams on, on his list. Did San Francisco make a call during the draft? Maybe, maybe they were just stuck on Lance. But they're, they could have made a trade for Aaron Rodgers. They could have given Green Bay maybe the third pick, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, some future draft compensation, maybe even another one of their young players, maybe a, a Debo Samuel. Um, they could have given you know a, a myriad of things. But they stuck with Trey Lance. And it, it's kind of got me scratching my head a little bit. 
Because if Aaron Rodgers is out there and he says he wants to go to you, don't you like make a call? I mean, I heard they made a call, but they never made an official trade offer. I don't know. I don't know. But that they're the most interesting to me because they could they could play this a couple different ways because they still have Jimmy Garoppolo. If they're healthy, barring injury, they're a playoff team. And you could have upgraded to, to get the MVP of the league. They get Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. They're Super Bowl favorites. They are. I'm sorry. They are. Maybe it's Kansas City would make a fun game. Maybe Tampa Bay uh, make some noise in there too. But San Francisco, forced to be reckoned with with Aaron Rodgers. So for them to to, to stick with Trey Lance and, and feel good about it, it's interesting. I think Trey Lance has a really high ceiling. Strong arm, smart. I hear he's a nice guy. Uh, got all the character things in order. So I, I, I love the Trey Lance thing to San Francisco. I think he's really going to work in that system. But um, for Aaron Rodgers to, to to have you on your list and you don't make a trade offer is is kind of puzzling to me. Let's talk about Cincinnati because they had a dilemma on their hands at five. Okay, so in my mock draft, I had, I, I you know what? I actually felt really good about my mock draft up until pick five. Uh, I was four for four. <laughs> Granted, the two, the first two were gimmies, but I was four for four and I was gloating about it on the stream. Of, yeah, yeah. Four for four in my mock draft. Let's go. Feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, considering Todd McShay went seven for seven in his first seven. Man, and nobody else you know, touched that. But I was four for four. I was halfway there. He's got a lot more experience than me. You know, he knows more about football. He's learned more today than I know ever about football. So, you know, he knows a lot more than I do. And, uh, you know, kind of stack up like that. Four for four is not bad. Um, but at Cincinnati at five, right? I was thinking, okay, they have a dilemma on their hands. Do they listen to their quarterback, Joe Burrow, and draft one of his good friends, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, or do they do what I would have done and draft an offensive lineman, maybe a Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater? I think Sewell's a better better than Slater, but nonetheless, do you feel that need? Because I'm sorry, if I'm Cincinnati, I can't afford to have Joe Burrow injured again. I can't have him more, missing more time. He's my asset. He's my future. I, I need Joe Burrow on the field. Considering I still have T. Higgins, I still have uh, Tyler Boyd, I still have some pretty good skill people there. Uh, and it's not great, but there's something to build off there. They took Jamar Chase. And the first guy, the first guy I thought of was Aaron Rodgers. And you say, you know, why Aaron Rodgers? Because Joe Burrow specifically asked the organization I'm, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't want to get the reports wrong, but I'm pretty sure he put a, like a request in, hey, my guy's out there, can we can we go snag him? He put a request in to for Cincinnati to, to draft Jamar Chase, a guy who he's played in college with, he's won a national championship, we, he's got a great relationship with, with Jamar Chase. Hey, Bengals, can you go draft him? They do. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the smartest move with, with the offensive tackle position, you know, and they can get a more offensive lineman later in the draft. But the first guy I thought of was Aaron Rodgers. Because, like I said, you know, a couple hours before the draft, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to return back to the Packers. And there's a couple reasons why. Tom Brady's starting a, rev- a revolution. And I know I'm all over the map, but stay with me here. Tom Brady started this thing. Because in this offseason, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers both disgruntled in their their organizations. They probably look at Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay and go, dude, you just got there. 
and you're winning Super Bowls and you're returning all 22 starters and you're getting a good friend Antonio Brown. Tampa Bay has, you know, went all in on all of Tom's requests. They said, you know what? We're we're scrapping Jameis Winston. We're scrapping the old regime. Tom Brady, you run things. Who do you want? Who do you want to throw to? He's getting everything he wants. And it worked out. And it got a Super Bowl. And those two guys, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, look at that and are not happy. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. Because they because Russell Wilson, he has to make receivers out of, you know, blocking tight ends. And Aaron Rodgers looks around and say, a couple of years ago, Khalil Mack was uh, was going to let go by the, the Raiders a couple of years back. You remember that? Oh, yeah, you didn't get him either. Chicago did. Defensive, <laughs> uh, divisional rival. Got him. Now I'm getting sacked by him. Oh. Packers could have had him. Packers didn't get J.J. Watt this past offseason. He went to Arizona. Isn't that weird? Probably would have liked to go to a big brand Green Bay. They didn't even resign his Pro Bowl center, Corey Lindsley. His Pro Bowl center, the guy who's getting the getting the ball to Aaron Rodgers. Nope, not going to resign him. I do give them credit. They resigned uh, Aaron Jones, running back. Last year, they didn't um, they didn't draft a receiver when T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and Van Jefferson of the Rams were available. All three of them available at that point. And not only did they not draft a receiver, everyone knows this. They traded up to get Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' replacement. I do think this past NFC Championship game does fall on Aaron. They didn't capitalize in the red zone despite, you know, countless opportunities. But in the grand scheme of things, Cincinnati has done more for Joe Burrow in the last 12 hours than Green Bay has done for Aaron Rodgers in two and a half years. How how are we going to look past that? Joe Burrow, Cincinnati's trying to build something here. Literally goes to the front office and, sit and says, Hey, can you draft my buddy wide receiver? And what does Cincinnati do? They do it. I don't know if you do any like everything to cater to your to your quarterback at all costs, but they did it. They made him happy. That's what you do. Green Bay. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for saying I I want to go host Jeopardy. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for doing that. Because at the end of the day, Green Bay, you're given like you they've drafted particularly well. Like they drafted Corey Lindsley, Pro Bowl center. Let him go. They drafted Devontae Adams. Top five receiver. Easy. Like I said, Aaron Jones, stud running back. Paid him. Should have. But I look at this Green Bay thing, and I'm sorry. I can't help but look at Aaron Rodgers and, and, and feel all right with it. Because at the end of the day, if you're on the Green Bay side of things, you drafted Aaron Rodgers' replacement, and now you're freaking out that Aaron Rodgers wants out. You should have been ready for this. That's kind of why you drafted Jordan Love last year, right? That's that's kind of the whole purpose. Like, it, it's one thing to like... Okay, here's an analogy. It's one thing to, like, do everything right. Like, okay, we've done this, do this, do this. Do this, do this, do this. Okay, all the boxes are checked. And now Aaron wants out? Are, are you kidding me? We supported you. We did all this. Like, we could have drafted a quarterback last year. And we didn't, and we held off, and now you want out? Like, we, we've been here to support you. Like, we, we want you here. We did this. Like, <laughs> we're in the NFC Championship game, mostly because of you, but we're trying to support you here. We're like, we're trying. And it's another thing to go, okay, don't resign a center. 
pass rusher goes to a divisional rival. A uh, guy who could really help our defense goes to Arizona, an odd spot instead. Um, who else? Let's draft his replacement. And you know what? Let's just not give him any receivers outside of Devontae Adams. What? And now he's like, okay, I don't really like anything that you've done. Can I have out now? And now you're blindsided? <laughs> like, that, that, that's like saying like in school, right? You do, say you do all the tests, you get a hundred on everything, but you still fail the test. It's like, well, that that's kind of out of nowhere. We, we did everything right. We participated in class. We did everything right. And now we fail the class. That makes no sense. Or it's like, Okay, you get an F on this, F on this. You didn't turn in this, t- turn this in. You get a D on this, and then you get another F, and then you fail the class, and now you're blindsided. No, e- everything that you did in the past two and a half, like in the semester, led to you failing the class. Everything Green Bay has done in the last two and a half months, uh, two and a half years rather, has led to Aaron Rodgers wanting out. Now you're blindsided. Now you're this guy, Aaron Rodgers. We're not trading him. How dare he want? We're, he's looking for support. Look at the three teams on his list. 49ers, Raiders, Broncos. He's not looking for teams that have gone to the playoffs all these years. He's looking for teams with a good defense and weapons. <laughs> that's that's John Gruden's not a made man head coach. Vic Fangio's not a made man head coach. Kyle Shanahan, his resume suggests otherwise, but he, I think he's a really good coach. There's not a... He wants to go to San Francisco, a cool city, Vegas, a cool city, and Denver, where you plugged in Peyton Manning last decade and it worked and you won a Super Bowl. He wants to go to those three places. Did he say he wanted to go to like, he, he didn't want to like, he wants to be the cherry on top of an organization. He's tired of carrying this this team to NFC Championship games and then getting blown out. Maybe not blown out last year, but lost and it really wasn't close momentum wise. So that that's kind of where I, I stand on the Aaron Rodgers thing. It's kind of just been a drip, 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 drip. Now the faucet's broken and now everyone's freaking out. It's like this has been a known thing in the NFL for for a while now. And the news broke yesterday officially. He's told people in the, in the organization, he's told teammates according to Adam Schefter. It's just a bunch of drip, drip, drip. And all of a sudden you have a flood. <laughs> and it I do want to like one day, I'm not even like remotely close to this point yet, but I do someday, if I like, if I talk to an analyst or I talk to an insider, say an Adam Schefter or something like that, I do want to know like, how long are these things brewing inside those walls? Like, I, I want to know about that. Cause like, was this a known thing? Cause like the 49ers made calls to Green Bay, like early this off season. Like thing, this has been like a this isn't a new thing necessarily. This has been brewing for a while, but I want to know like in the NFL behind the behind the curtain, like how long has this been a known thing? Because like to the public, it really officially broke yesterday. It broke Twitter, but like in NFL front offices where people like you know people are late to the party. Like I want to know the timing of this. I think it's fascinating the timing. And and I was uh, I read an article on. ESPN.com. You might, you might want to check it out. I'll read. You know what? I'll find it right now. Uh, just excuse me here real quick. Aaron Rodgers. ESPN. Um, I, want to, I want you to read this this article because I think it's I think it's funny. You can tell like who broke the story. You, you can tell who broke the story when you read this. 
Okay, so Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to return to Green Bay Packers, sources say. Okay, uh, I'll read you just a little portion of this. Okay, so the article starts out and says, reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team, league source, I mean, league and team sources told ESPN on Thursday. The Packers are aware of his feelings, concerned about them, and have had team president Mark Murphy, general manager uh, Brian Gutekunst, and head coach Matt LaFleur each fly out to, on separate trips to meet with Rodgers at various points this offseason, sources told ESPN. Doesn't that sound like uh, we're trying, we're trying to patch things up. You know, Aaron, he's part of us. We're doing everything we can. If Aaron doesn't return our calls, then that's kind of on him. He's a bad guy. Aaron Rodgers, bad guy. This is all coming from within the organization. Like that Aaron Rodgers didn't spread this story. Aaron Rodgers' agent didn't start like start the story. I don't think a teammate started this story. This is coming from the GM and the owner, I believe. And I think it's to like poke and prot and to, and to be like, Aaron, if Aaron doesn't want to come back to us, I mean, that's on him, right? We've done everything we can. We're, we're trying. We're like, it's kind of like a last ditch effort. It's like, like, why did this story break now? You know, why, why, why did this story break now? The story continues on. The Packers have offered to extend Rogers contract. Sources told ESPN. The story adds at the very end. Rogers' contract contains a $6.8 million roster bonus due in March. It could have been converted into a signing bonus that would have freed up more than $4.5 million in salary cap space for this season, but instead it, quote, vested as scheduled, a source told ESPN at the time. It's listed as an automatic conversion in Rogers' contract, but even that to be signed off by both parties. It's not known if the Packers tried to convert and Rogers refused to sign off, or they did not attempt a conversion. It's like... It could have been it could have been cap space if he didn't accept it. It's like we're 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 we're, po- we're posing all of this on Aaron Rodgers. You can tell who broke the story: Packers ownership, Packers GM, Packers front office. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers. And it wasn't his agent, because you can tell when you read the story who really isn't satisfied with Aaron Rodgers. But on that note, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Jason Snow Show. As always, I hope you enjoyed. Be sure to share the podcast any way you can. I'd love any constructive criticism or feedback. I would I would love all of it. Uh, but yes, as always, I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you again on Tuesday. Have a good weekend.